Man, the defending champs are on a four-game skid. Russell Westbrook has been reborn. And can someone please get Kyrie more sage to burn? I'm Rosa Panda. This is a <laughs> clinic, all NBA podcast. I have the two hooligans with me. JJ, how you living, my friend? Oh, man. Just saw the Warriors lost to the Magic. So oh, I feel no. like Tobias and Arrested Development. You know what I mean? Crying. Crying in the shower. Crying in the shower, man. <laughs> Crying in the shower. John, how you living, my friend? Um doing great man i'm ready for the best episode ever just playing sammy we miss you <laughs> we definitely miss our boy sammy um but anyway we're gonna get to some quick hits with some news here and here we go so uh, sean tweeted earlier today that for the first time g league salaries will now be over 40k per player so they have about a 3500 dollars $3, uh, pay bump and I think that's a good, that's a good thing. I thought they would be getting paid more, but they are getting paid. And I mean, I'm happy for the G Leaguer. So kudos to them. Luca is going on a tear this year. 36.1 points per game. He's first. He's first player since Will Chamberlain to score. To have seven 30-point games to start the season. He's first in clutch points. And he's averaging nearly a triple-double at 9 rebounds and 9 assists a game. I think it's safe to say that he's having an MVP season if he keeps this up. And last night, DeJounte Murray had a career-high 36, 9, 6 steals, and 5 three-pointers. He is the first Hawk with 35 points and 5 steals since Dominique Wilkins in 1991. So, man, that is a, a, a milestone for DeJounte Murray. We're going to get to some basketball here. We're going to talk about what the heck is going on with this season, pretty much. There's a lot of teams in panic mode, and I'm going to start with our first team panic person or team here, and it's the Brooklyn Nets. They are 2-6. Oh, and six. They have wins over the Raptors, Pacers, losses to the Pelicans, Grizzlies, Bucks, Mavericks, Pacers, Bulls, and now they have all this drama surrounding them with Kyrie Irving allegedly, or he, he did repost a movie um, that had like some anti-Semitic um, content in it. And the Brooklyn Nets have come out and said that Kyrie Irving is now suspended no less than five games. And this is what I want to say about the Nets post here. They said that over the last several days, we've made repeated attempts to work with Kyrie Irving to help him understand the harm and danger of his words and action, which began with him publicizing a film containing deeply disturbing anti-Semitic hate. We believe that the taking the path of education to this challenging situation would be the right one and thought that we had made progress with our joint commitment to eradicating hate and ignorance. I want to ask you guys here, do you guys believe that the Brooklyn Nets made the right move by suspending Kyrie Irving? I know that's a very loaded question here, but what do you guys think? I mean, I guess I could start off by saying that when you read the news and you see that now where Kyrie's from New Jersey, that a lot of the synagogues in that surrounding area are now having threats and the FBI has a watch over those synagogues. I don't know if it's causation, I don't know if it's correlation, but we just live in crazy times and whether you think Kyrie is wrong or right, 
he does have a social social media platform. He has a lot of influencers, and there are stupid people out there. Like I think John said that in the last part that stupid people will react, and it's just at this point where does his influence now cause actual harm to others? It's one thing to like make people feel uncomfortable, which has happened with social media, but. If there's an actual physical threat to someone's existence because of what you say, the NBA needs to step in. Yeah, uh, it's such a it's a tough topic to talk about because you know it, it, obviously there's a lot of sensitivity around it. But my my own thoughts are: Do I think Kyrie is anti-Semitic? My, I don't know him personally, but my gut reaction would say no. But like JJ said, when you are a famous person, when you have millions of followers, when you're known all over the world, you have a certain responsibility, and you have people following you and watching you. And there's media who are going to report on every word, every move that you make. You have to be careful on what you promote, what you say, what you do. And people make mistakes. Could it have been a mistake? Maybe, definitely. But Again, you have to look into these things. You have when you post something on the internet, you have to know that it's going to be seen. And honestly, even if people delete, try to delete their content within minutes, it's somebody saves it. Literally, you put something on the internet, it's going to be there forever. So you have to be absolutely sure. Now, I hope that's the case. I hope Kyrie is not anti-Semitic. But again, it's just an unfortunate situation, and and there are dumb people out there. They They'll take what people say, what what people, especially famous people, and they'll try to use that for their own hatred, their own you know evil and twisted mm-hmm. um, desires. And so for me, it's it's like you got to be careful. And it's an unfortunate situation. Hopefully, he learns from it. But again, it's we live in a time where there's a lot of people are kind of unforgiving, and so it's, it's it'll be. Uh, you know, I think in the short term it's going to be tough for Kyrie and, and probably a lot of people, but I think it'll pass over time. Hopefully, yeah, I I hope it does too. And I really think that Kyrie probably isn't anti-Semitic, um, like what what you're saying. I mean, he did he did like offer to I guess match the Nets donating five hundred thousand towards um, I guess a group that is trying to eradicate all forms of hate. And I think if you do something like that or offer something like that, you probably aren't anti-Semitic. Um, I got to cut in there because, you know, to be fair, if we play both sides, I know we're giving Kyrie the benefit, the benefit of the doubt, but there are reports out there that they're saying that Kyrie sent his team to these meetings about, you know, sh- showing compassion, being educated, about these social issues and you're gonna send out your team man you're the one under the microscope not your team like to send out your reps like your dad or your friends that doesn't show any effort so for me personally i can't give the dude the benefit of the doubt yeah i i want to say that it's like in my mind it's like 60 40 Mm -hmm. i'm like i'm still split on whether or not Kyrie irving is a certain way but i will say that He's had plenty of opportunities in these press conferences to be very clear and very concise and just say, no, I am not this. No, I, yes, I am that. 
and he just avoids it completely. He talks about everything like he's the Riddler in Batman, where you have yeah. to like really break down everything he's saying in order to get like to the truth. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And that makes it really difficult. I don't know if like Kyrie Irving is just, he enjoys this like controversy or whatnot, but it seems like he just wants this conversation to just continue and continue. It's, it's really unusual to me. I think thinking about like the net stuff, I think it was a good move to have Kyrie Irving step away from the team because all of this is absolutely way too distracting. Do you guys agree with that? Wholeheartedly agree. 100%. Yeah, we're I gonna, mean, go ahead. I don't, I, I agree too. We're going to talk about Steve Nash being fired here. Okay, so like this team is really under the gun here. I want to just mention something, a quote by Kevin Durant after he found out that Steve Nash was fired. And I, got, I want you guys to just kind of react to it. He said, about 1.15 p.m., I woke up from my nap, turned to the right, and seen it on ESPN. I was shocked. What do you guys think about Kevin Durant's uh, quote here? 100% complete bull crap. <laughs> okay, just picture picture this with me. You honestly believe that, that during Steve Nash's firing, Kevin Durant woke up from a nap, turned to the right, saw the news on ESPN of his coach getting fired. A coach that he previously, and not so long ago, said that there were there were rumors and reports that he wanted Nash out mm -hmm. and he wanted the JN GM out and whether smoke yep. there's fire so as far as I'm concerned Kevin Durant is the one who spearheaded this fire he was probably with Josiah when they were collaborating together and <laughs> I mean I just don't see it any other way do you guys do you guys think that honest that honestly Kevin Durant did not know that Nash was gonna get fired if, you know, when we watched the, the press conference, you could tell by his body language, his tone, like he was kind of happy, but he wasn't, he wasn't really sad either. And what's, what's kind of like this whole thing with Katie and Nash is that Nash and Katie, they were very close and they got close because of the Warriors because Nash was a consultant for the Warriors while Katie was there. And that's why Katie wanted to bring Nash over because he had that experience and that close bond and actually um, on you know the Bill Simmons pod with Raja Bell Raja Bell who played with Steve Nash and was supposed to be on the coaching staff said that Steve Nash was hurt and was caught off guard that Katie wanted him out so am I surprised that Katie you know responded the way that he did in the press conference no and my next question is like, we've said this over and over, which is what's going to make him happy and who is going to be able to coach KD? Because he doesn't seem right. like he's a leader or he's even coachable at this point. You know, I, I don't think he's a leader. And I, with this response here, it doesn't seem like that's sort of like a leadership sort of response. Yeah, I agree. Like we all like... This offseason just happened, okay? We, we were only two weeks into the season, and we know, we know you requested these guys to get fired. We absolutely know it, so just own up to it. You know what I mean? 
and yeah. say your reason state state your case like be a leader and another thing i'm going to talk about like him not being a leader is uh on shannon Sharp's show he was talking about kevin durant and how he needs to check i guess kyrie irving like in a in a leadership role and he had this quote he said when you're the best player sometimes that requires you to check a teammate to say this is not the way to do it man i can't tell i can't tell kyrie a grown man it's not my job to do this but as a leader it is and that's why kevin durant hasn't had any success in brooklyn do you guys sort of agree with shannon here that like kevin durant isn't really showing leadership qualities in brooklyn and that's why they're not successful this year and past years that is correct. Yeah, no, 100%. I, I, and you know what? What I'm, I immediately think of, and I want to pose this question to you two. Have we just been wrong, the media, us, the fans, everybody been wrong about Kevin Durant? Claiming Maybe. that he is the guy, that he is an alpha, or that he is the number one option on a team? Because maybe... He's not, and he's. We've just been masking the fact that he's so good at basketball. No one can deny that he is. Probably, you probably won't see another Kevin Durant. I mean, Wembenyama. Obviously, they're they're they're, they're comparing him to Durant. Maybe he he may be even better, but these guys don't come around that often. Kevin Durant is so good at basketball, but maybe we've been using that as an excuse or a justification for saying that he is an alpha that he is somebody who can take over a game but maybe he's not that guy he never was do you guys think that that may be maybe the case or am i just completely way off base here i think that could be the case um the word alpha i think gets you know pushed out there a lot and i think it does apply to a lot of our heroes john like kobe and jordan those are the true alphas those are the leaders on the team that if you mess up, you will hear it. Right. And I, yeah. and you're absolutely right. Like, is Katie a, like a true alpha? I mean, if we're going to do it off comparison, which is what this whole show is all about. We compare our heroes. Uh, we compare the players of today to the greats. Katie doesn't really showcase the leadership skills that our heroes did whether it be you know kobe you could say that with jordan you could say that with curry you could say that with uh, lebron um i don't know about Kawhi. Yeah. sorry sammy i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> paul, no, Ab- paul george paul george <laughs> yeah absolutely but like going back i guess to to the basketball here of the brooklyn nets what do you guys think is the biggest concern for this start like we're gonna just ignore the the team chemistry stuff all the distractions we're just gonna talk about the basketball here what do you guys think is the number one concern for the Brooklyn Nets going forward so for the Nets they're gonna have to find a a way to make up uh, Kyrie's contributions he averages 26.9 points a game five assists while shooting at a 45% clip okay However, I know that the offensive um, portion of the game isn't really being talked about because it's their defense that's lacking. But now that Kyrie is gone, 
how much will their offense suffer? Right? Just going to be really interesting to see because if they're already losing with that, you know, dynamite offense, what are they going to do when Kyrie's not there? Right? What do you think, John? Uh, <laughs> wow. Only able to pick one, huh? That's like a. <laughs> that's like going to a candy store and only being able to pick out one type of candy. And I mean that in a literal and figurative sense, <laughs> you know what I mean. Anyway, um, I think their biggest issue is honestly, it's Ben Simmons. Because he mm. is averaging 6.2 points per game. That's where I was going with this too. And 44% from the field. But it doesn't... I mean, when you're av- putting up six points, getting paid what he's getting paid. I mean, he is averaging six rebounds and seven assists a game. But he... Beyond the stats and the games that I've seen and the highlights, or I would say lowlights, he just doesn't look like... One, he doesn't look engaged. Two, it looks like he really forgot how to play basketball. I mean... He was never a shooter. He was never much of a scorer, but he's a, he looks afraid out there. Mm-hmm. He does not look like he's somebody who wants to be on the court. And I know that he had issues with his mental health and, and whatnot. I won't get into that, but it just, like, when you have a player like that, a key piece, somebody that you traded James Harden for, and he's, he's not contributing at all, that's going to affect your team tremendously. And I only said this because I have to pick one, but I have... A handful of reasons so but i'm gonna go with that you know i'm i'm with you there i'm gonna go with a big problem is ben simmons he looks completely lost on defense that's the biggest concern these rotations they're not tight it looks awful he's fouling out of games like really early and i actually saw a video breakdown on why this is happening steve nash wanted ben simmons to be in a draymond green role where he was setting a lot of screens and apparently Ben Simmons doesn't know how to set a screen without moving. So a lot of his fouls are off of moving screens, which is absolutely ridiculous. And I think that probably would have been the best role for for Ben Simmons to play. I think a lot of people compared him to, oh, you could just put him in a, in a Draymond Green spot and everything mm-hmm. will be just fine. But apparently you can't. So I don't know what the next coach is going to do, whether it's Ime Odoko or not. But that Ben Simmons piece is such a just albatross of just negative, net negative stuff. I don't know what they're going to do, but actually we're going to take a short little break with a word from our sponsor. NBA fans, the wait is over. Basketball's back. So tip off the season with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA money line bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN, make any $5 bet this week, and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, now we're going to talk about our next Team Panic team. And it is the defending champions, the Golden State Warriors, who are sitting at three and six. They have wins to the Lakers, Kings, and Heat, and Uh, losses to the Nuggets, Suns, Hornets, Pistons, Heat, 
And unfortunately tonight, they lost to the Orlando Magic by one point. Panic meter now. Scale of mm. one to ten. Where are you guys at with the Golden State Warriors? I want to hear John first. <laughs> oh, man. Can I phone a friend? I want to hear from Sammy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> panic meter. Ten being the highest, right? Ten being super panic? Like super panic. Yeah, super panic. Yes, you're like jumping out the window. Right, right. As... as as much as I want to say really something really high and scare JJ and June and make them nervous, <laughs> I can't. I can't honestly say that because nine games into the season, I'm not going to say it yet. But I will. I'll, I'll give it a. I'll give it a seven, which is kind of high, but it's not too high. And the reason why I think there is some panic is because. What I'm seeing, it, it it could be a championship hangover, but I don't know. Like, I think they have a lot of holes defensively. I think some of their age might be showing. Clay, and they lost a few key pieces in GP2 and Otto Porter. Um, Poole did not improve defensively from what I've seen, and you guys can elaborate on that, but he's always going to be a black hole on, on defense. And they're trying to incorporate Wiseman in. And I know you guys don't disagree, but he looks completely lost out there. So I don't know what they're going to do with Wiseman, whether they should bench him completely, send him to the G League, continue to try to... And I think a big part of it is the, the Steve Kerr and, and management, they're really making a conscious effort to blend the old with the new. Mm-hmm. And it's not, going so, it's not going great so far. And I don't know if you can force something like that and still win games. But I understand what they're trying to do. They're trying to make that transition because whether you guys like it or not, that time is coming sooner or later. And every team has to go through it, unfortunately, right? So that's my take. I'll give it a seven. I want to hear your guys' take, though. I'm curious. The big Warrior fan, the Warrior fan, the number one Warrior fan here, JJ, and the number four Warrior fan <laughs> after, his, after he rips his Blazer jersey off. I'm just kidding. I'm messing. JJ, what do you think? You panicking over there? Yeah. You got, sweat, you got sweaty palms? I mean, I got sweaty palms, but it's just like any like hardcore sports fan. Like, if your team loses, you're going to be super emotional, super sensitive, and just overreact, right? So yeah, I'm, I'm the, asking you after we lost to the Heat too. Yeah, so or, the, the magic, magic, the magic. Yeah, I mean, here's what I think. I think right now, realistically, the panic meter for all fans, if I'm gonna speak on behalf of them, it should be a five or six. And I know what John is saying for seven, and I feel like it's a ten, but I'm gonna try to be logical and not emotional. And the reason that I say six is because check it we still have our starting five not injured they're playing well it's just and they have the the best net rating for plus minus which is outstanding that means that our starting five they're killing it so when come playoff time they'll be okay it's just the rotations with the bench you have james wiseman dead last fellas dead last with the box score Raptors score from 538. He's dead last. One of the oh. worst in plus minus. You have Joe Michael Green, who is 
out of ranking of 251 players, he is about 233. And Jordan Poole, out of 251 players, he's in the 220s. Or two, he's 210 now. So it's like three of our players that we had high hopes for off our bench are literally the worst. And every single game that we've played, we've had leads. Almost every single game. Double digit leads, in fact. Today we were up 16. And once Wiseman and Poole went in, that lead didn't even get cut back. Like Slim Margin. The Magic were leading. Yeah. Which is insane. So, Steve Kerr, I don't know what he could do. I mean, he's going to have to make more adjustments on the rotations but people gotta take accountability too much uh, dribble penetration which breaks down the the centers for help the forwards for help and then that just leads to open threes and open shots what are you seeing well dwight howard has an idea oh no (laughs) he said wiseman can learn so much from me because he's headed in that direction of being a great big man I feel like in that situation, playing with all shooters like that, Steph Curry, the way he gets open, with me setting screens, he's going to get more open. Klay Thompson is the same way. Draymond Green in the pick and roll, me and him. Dwight Howard wants to be a mentor to James Wiseman. Do you you guys see this as a solution for these troublesome James Wiseman minutes? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what to say to that. Like, I, I listen, Dwight Howard was a key integral part for the Lakers winning a championship two years ago, but he's washed. And I think the Warriors straight. should stay far away from that. I feel like he's got his head on straight and he wouldn't be much of a distraction. I mean, again, he might be, but what he's shown in the last few years is that he's, he's able to just, you know, behave. But I think it just goes beyond that. I don't think he can offer much on the basketball court anymore. The last time, the second stint with the Lakers, what I remember is that he was really slow in rotations. A lot of his athleticism wasn't there anymore. And that, that was the, the reason why he was so effective, is his athleticism. When that goes and you don't have a, a skill game, which he really doesn't, he's not very skilled, it's not a good thing. And I think the Warriors should stay for I mean, I, th- I do think they need a big man, but I don't think Dwight Howard is that big man. I think so JJ's probably words, agreeing with you here. So in, other, yeah. in other words, I mean, Golden State, I hope you sign him. <laughs> sign, sign Dwight Howard immediately. There's the, the main thing with Dwight Howard is that he's going to take minutes away from Wiseman. And what's the main you know, feedback on Wiseman? He needs more time. He needs more time. He needs more action. So, yeah. You know, Dwight Howard, you're taking out reps from uh, Wiseman. So, I mean, right now, it's the beginning of the season. Baptism by fire. Just let them learn and hopefully... Like the Celtics last year, after All-Star break, you hit on all cylinders when it matters. For me, what? with the Warriors, what... Go ahead, go ahead, John. No, no, go, go, go. Sorry, I'll ask afterwards, so... My panic meter is up. I want to say that it's probably like a 7 or 8, but it's because I don't like the way that Steve Kerr is developing these young guys. First point is that James Wiseman, he's playing a lot of minutes with Jordan Poole. Yep. And those two together defensively it's not going to work out because it's too hard to read if you're going to play james wiseman you gotta have him play with stable teammates that already know what to do to ease them in that's how young rookies 
or for him, what this is like his sophomore, no third year in the league. Yeah, That's how year. these players mm -hmm. develop better is because they know what good basketball looks like. If you throw them in these situations where, you know, anything could happen, of course, he's going to play bad. And what is Jonathan Kaminga doing on the bench and these other players are getting run? Like, I, I don't understand that either. So my panic meter is up because of those two things. I, we were expecting a lot from two very young players, but also Don, Dante DiVincenzo has all of a sudden become weirdly important, like his health, and he's been injured. He's supposed to be like the GP2 like replacement. So I don't know, my panic meter's up. I know that the Warriors are three and six, but it almost feels like we might end up as like a five or six seed. Are you guys there? I could see that. I would but be happy if we're five and six. Five we and just need to make the playoffs, man. Yeah, yeah, That's I true. can see. Yeah, I mean, you're always a danger. You're always a threat with Steph and Clay. I have a question for you guys. Do you, at, at what point, whether it's this season or next, do you really consider trading your youth to help extend the championship window you have with Steph? Curry, Clay Thompson, maybe Draymond Green, Andrew Wiggins. Do you, do you wait this year, depending on the record or the way that you look defensively? Or do you wait next? Do you do it next year? Because Steph Curry is 34, right? Clay is 30 up there. He's almost mid-30s as well, I think. Draymond's there. And realistically, you guys probably have what? A two-year window that you could realistically still win the championship when that's you start accurate. hitting that button yeah, yeah or start thinking about that seriously it's accurate but i think i'm i'm already on i'm already like touching that button i haven't pressed it yet though <laughs> i think you always need to keep your options open yes we've never seen this narrative john where you know we bring in the youth while the while the legends are still playing and if that's happened the spurs did it but even when the spurs did it they're not trying to do what the warriors are doing like the warriors are walking this very thin line that's never been done so yeah it's like why not capitalize on stuff like you do like honestly as a warrior fan and i'm talking to all the warrior fans out there or the basketball advocates once Steph leaves, what is the probability of this team winning another ring without him? Yeah, I mean, Jay, you're absolutely right. You're kind of hitting the nail on the head. My thing is who's available. Like, if it's going to help Steph Curry win a championship, but also extend it another five years, then why not? Steph Curry is averaging 30 30 points, 7.5 rebounds, and 6.5 assists, which is like crazy for his age, right? Especially at the point guard position. He's still elite. So you got to capitalize on that. I would say that you start looking once someone really good becomes available. But otherwise, I think the Warriors are just going to stay pat. We're going to talk about our last team here. The LA Lakers at 2-5. and five. At the beginning of the season, the sky was falling with losses to the Warriors, Clippers, Trailblazers, Nuggets, Timberwolves, all in a row. And all of a sudden, 
They get wins against the Nuggets and the Pelicans with Russell Westbrook coming off the bench. Panic meter now. Scale of 1 to 10, where are you? Negative. Negative 1. <laughs> there you go, John. Positive, okay. <laughs> well, no. Positively I mean, here. You, you, you listen, you can't be panicked if you expect the team to be terrible and not make the playoffs. There's no panic in you, right? What's there to be panicked about? But no, the reality is that 0-5, I was pretty nervous about them. Not only, like, I was more nervous about the fact that they don't have, they have a swap of a draft pick with the Pelicans this year. So even if they were absolutely terrible, they're not going to get a high draft pick because the Pelicans have swapped with them. And so that was made me more nervous than anything. Right. But like you said, they've been playing a lot better. Westbrook off the bench. They may have found something here. And I'm not going to jump the gun, but they won two in a row. But they're playing much better. Um, offensively, they look more to be in rhythm. And Westbrook looks more comfortable running a team, being himself, and not afraid to make mistakes, which is, which is the way he's always been effective, right? And you can live with his mistakes as long as he's not doing in critical moments of the game. And that's something that I think that the Lakers have found. And being number two in defensive rating gives me a lot of hope. I think they're going to win more games than they did last year if they stay healthy, which, again, big if with AD. Yeah, I have to agree with John there that I've always thought that because of their defense this year that they just needed to figure a few tweaks here and there and they could get wins. But... The last two wins have been impressive, John, especially against the Pelicans. Like, yeah, props props to the Lakers, man. We don't want to see um, LeBron and AD just waste their years, you know, and not making the playoffs. I think we do want to see that Clipper-Laker first round matchup. So yes. Yes. You and Sammy could fight, yeah. you know? Yeah, we, you want to you see some real action on this pod? Then you better, you guys better hope for <laughs> yeah, Lakers man. Clippers and then Lakers Warriors after that. Yeah. We probably won't be friends anymore, but that's all good. That's cool. okay. Today, today is a historic day. It's a Dang. historic day because everyone on this panel right now is feeling really good about the Los Angeles Clippers. Or sorry, Los Angeles <laughs> Lakers. You can't even... Including... Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even get the name right. It didn't even flow off my tongue no, correctly. No respect. Everyone's feeling high off of the LA Lakers, including me. They found the secret sauce to unlock Russell Westbrook, which is they desperately needed this, and especially a spark off the bench. I mean, as a starter, this is Russ. 10 points per game. He is now 16.3 points per game. He was six rebounds a game. He's now 7.7 rebounds a game. Four assists a game. Now he's 6.7 assists per game. He's shooting at a 46.2% field goal percentage. And is two and one. Like, this looks absolutely great. John, I'm going to give you some more optimism, too. Defensively, they've already figured that out, right? Mm -hmm. Wait until the buyout market. Wait until they get a shooter. Can you imagine if the Lakers just get one decent shooter how different this offense is going to be i think that the lakers can be a sneaky playoff team man here it comes here it comes you know what i agree with that dude i think i like i like what darvin ham's doing he's making the tough decisions yeah and westbrook is is i think they may have unlocked something serious here with him off the bench 
But anyway, boys, that is all we have for tonight's pod. I want to thank you th- two for being on. JJ, thanks for being on, man. Hey, shout out to our boy, Sammy. What up? Shout out, Sammy. John, thanks for being on. Thank you, Sammy. Come back so we can have the best episode ever. <laughs> Shout out to our video producer, RJ. Check out our YouTube channel. Remember to rate, subscribe, and review. Like us on our Facebook group page, The Clinic All NBA Podcast, and follow us on Twitter at Clinic All NBA. I'm Rosa Panta. This is The Clinic All NBA Podcast. Come find us wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, hey.